0: Some people think little girls should be seen and not heard. One,
1: two, three, four! People do feel very radically different about gender experience. I mean,
2: that's just like the rules of feminism.
1: That diversity is like the number one thing I think that has to be reckoned with.
2: Agenda, with
1: women in the arts. Good morning, you're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio, your Saturday morning fix of art, politics, news and trash. From a feminist perspective, I'm Isabel Hawthorne.
3: And I'm Katie Winton. It's been a pretty emotionally exhausting few weeks in the wake of Harvey Weinstein. And the Me Too conversations and critiques have been really rolling out over the last few weeks. So today we're talking about the classes that men are taking around the world to try and unlearn
1: toxic masculinity. Yeah, we're talking about the American classes designed for men to unlearn toxic masculinity and consent classes in Kenyan schools. And we'll also be chatting to Sydney-based collective Fempower, which is a program um, of feminist high school workshops run by university students to educate young people on feminist issues. We'll also be chatting to Maddie from Girls Rock
3: Sydney, which is part of a national network of Australian rock camps and a wider global girls rock community.
1: And last week we ran through a few parenting tics, (laughs) <laughs> Tips, completely unsolicited, um, brought to you by two childless women, um, including how to dress your child in culturally sensitive Halloween costumes. So in this week's Thoughts at Count, we wanted to know what, um, how you think we can have conversations about cultural appropriation. Obviously, in the last couple of years, there's been more think pieces uh, and more kind of conversations about cultural appropriation. So we want to know how we progress that conversation. Let us know um about your conversations on 0409 945 945.
3: And as always, we'll be giving you all the news and trash from the past week from a feminist perspective for our segment, Go Home Everything is Terrible, including beauty pageant activism in the Miss Peru cont- contest, uh, sexual harassment allegations against art forum publisher Knight Landsman, and the art world's response to those uh, allegations.
1: We also have New Rihanna. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. Oh <laughs> that what was that's my reggae. Up? That was my reggae horn. <laughs> I'm just so excited about Rihanna rapping. It's so good. Definitely the highlight of our week. Oh, week. honestly, if you've been having a bad late week, this will get you it's through. Really... You have to watch the video as well. No more reggae <laughs> horns from me. <laughs> we'll also be talking about Meryl Streep and Cher in the new Mamma Mia sequel, and Beyonce news, as well as Colombian singer Lido. Pimienta's intersectional interpretation of right girl Hath- Kathleen Hannah's girl to the front call um, well, you might remember that from like the 90s kind of bikini kill gigs um, so this is like a new intersectional iteration approach of Approach to that, that. yeah. yeah.
3: Um, we've also got some exciting announcement about a series of events we're running at Carriageworks throughout November and December featuring experimental sound with Alaska Orchestra, performances, video talks and much more. So we'll chat about uh, the program a little later in the show.
1: Yeah, more about that later in the show. Right now, though, um, this is the new single ba- um, from Sydney-based duo, Stillstones. It's called Those We Admire. You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio.
3: You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio with myself, Katie Winton, and Isabel Hawthorne.
1: Coming up, we're talking about cultural appropriation in the wake of last weekend's Halloween celebrations. We're also talking, we want to like. we want well, we <laughs> <laughs> what
3: do we want? What do we want? <laughs>
1: we want you to um, text us about. The kind of conversations that you've been having about co- cultural appropriation and how we move that conversation forward. Let us know if the tide is changing in your communities 0409 945 945. Right now though we're talking about sexual assault prevention programs. Yeah
3: so there's been a lot in the media recently around whose responsibility it is to call out sexual harassment and assault um, and I guess we see victim blaming rhetoric manifest time and time again across so many different contexts whether it's a woman's clothing, level of intoxication, walking home alone at alone at night or I think the way that a young woman is taught about consent from a pretty early age?
1: Yeah we expect a lot from young people we expect them to be considerate and informed when it comes to their sexual interactions particularly at an early age Um, but there's there's a lot of still very a lot of strange messaging coming from our school system so like for example in my experience in a Catholic school was very much still don't have sex and the only sex that you should be having is heterosexual sex Um, and that the way that sexual assault was talked about was kind of, I, I got some really odd advice in Like high what? School. Like pee your pants was what? one of the ones. It was like, yeah. What you, do you mean? Someone won't assault you if you pee your pants. Whoa. Um, they taught you that in high school? Yeah. That was like one of the things they're like, what are some fun ways Whoa. to like, uh, you know, um, put off uh, an assailant. Um, and I know that some schools are better than others, but I think like for most of the conversations that I've had with people, it's no matter how progressive your school is um, and you're kind of, uh, sex ed was, it's still very much the onus is on young girls to yeah. um, be wary. And I think that, you know, it might change now. I think part, a lot of the difference is that now they're telling young people not to sext, which is like wasn't a conversation that even came up in... Um, As in
3: like not to send... When I was a <laughs> child. <laughs> As in not to send naked photos of themselves. Yeah, or just To other people, photos. yeah.
1: Um, but one thing that I didn't... Um, Remember was like, uh, although the messaging around sex and sexual assault was very much about like not being slutty the way that you like totally it was very much like don't get too drunk don't dress provocatively and these are the ways that you avoid it not like have meaningful conversations with yeah about consent Um, yeah exactly but I was definitely um in an environment where um I was told that I could be like an astronaut or like a scientist my school was like heavily into young women being um engineers that was like the vibe and I think that um while that is changing for young girls, um, it's not the case for boys. Um, and although I give a lot of unsolicited parenting <laughs> advice, um, there actually, more parenting uh, advice please. there's a really good article in the New York Times that we'll post um, about how to raise feminist boys. Um, and it has a great Quote from uh, Gloria Steinem, who's a very famous um, kind of second-wave feminist, about how to create an equitable society um, and one which everyone, one in which everyone can survive, uh, thrive. Sorry, and it means not only giving women, young girls, and women more choices, but it also means giving boys more choices. She's um, so Steinem says, "I'm glad we have begun to raise our daughters more like sons, but it will never work until we raise our sons more like daughters." Um, and I think that that's something. That really needs to change. We need to empower young women, but we also need to um, show young boys and men that they have more options, so they don't need to conform to these like rigid gender roles. Because I really don't think that that's something that has changed in a meaningful way. And I think that's like that is one element of the conversation that we need to have. And obviously, the conversation around consent needs to be a lot more enriched and um, not so. I don't know, awkward, I think. Yeah, there's one organisation called No Means No Worldwide and they're
3: teaching consent classes in primary schools in Kenya where young boys are taught how to interact with and stand up for women. So, like, before the program, many boys said it was justifiable to rape girls who were taken on expensive dates, who wear miniskirts or who were out alone at night. Um, And in areas where the classes are taught, uh, rape and sexual assault has been reduced by 50% and boys successfully intervened when witnessing an assault
1: 74% of the time, which is huge. Yeah, massive. There's also um, classes <coughs> happening in Washington, D.C. Um, at the moment for men to try to unlearn toxic masculinity. So these classes were established earlier in the, uh, in the year um, called Rethink Masculinity, and they're run collaboratively with the Washington, D.C. Rape Crisis Center, Collective A- Action for Safe Spaces and Rethink, an organization that works to prevent sexual assault. And the classes are an eight-week um are eight weeks of men discussing how they can address their actions with better self-awareness and less toxicity.
3: Yeah, so the Rethink program is the la- latest in a growing number of courses in the United States, which are targeting uh, people who identify as men, including the Men's Project at the University of Wisconsin, Masculinity 101 at Brown, and the Duke Men's Project at Duke. So there's quite a few of these classes happening at the moment, and I guess the goal is to help men examine their own biases and behaviours in order to cut down on misogyny and gender-based, gender-based violence.
1: Eric Mankowski, Associate Chair of the Psychology Department of Portland State University and head of the school's Gender and Violence Intervention Research Team, says that there are four main components of toxic masculinity that the classes aim to dismantle, which are suppression of any anything stereotypically feminine, suppression of emotions related to vulnerability like fear, sadness or helplessness, male domination over women and other men, and aggression. And I think, yeah, that's kind of what we were talking about earlier with that idea of... Um, you can empower women but you also have to empower men to be able to you know experience or at least um, talk about those kind of feelings and not suppress them.
3: Yeah there was an article that came out recently via Overland magazine on the economic consequences of the Me Too campaign which kind of looked at the basic economic conditions that allow women to be placed in situations of vulnerability and subordination and I guess the main point that uh, was the main point that was that it's everyone's responsibility to address this systemic and economic context that victims are often placed in. So um, there was actually one article on The Conversation that said, for example, as toddlers and preschoolers, young children are taught to ignore their personal boundaries of their bodies. Parents might pressure their children to hug a family member when they don't want to, and instead family members should teach children to talk honestly and assertively about how they do or do not want to be touched, which I think is like a really kind of um, poignant way of articulating that, Responsibility, more parenting advice from Katie and Isabel. Don't force your toddlers to hug people if they don't want to. But
1: but really, the kind of onus on young girls to be polite to people yeah. is so ridiculous, and it it opens up so much potential for abuse. I think yeah. like that kind of be nice, be quiet yeah. kind of thing is like really damaging. And I I think that's a very interesting article in terms of acknowledging how all genders have a role in kind of dismantling. Rape culture. Yeah. And the women and men, you know, a parents have a kind of duty to not to reinforce those kind of gender rules. Yeah, it's, I think it's, yeah.
3: Yeah. it's just better education, I think, and the responsibility to educate young boys on acceptable behaviour towards women and towards others and people of all genders is something that I really do think should be taught from a, a very early age, and I think that really important programs like this are also kind of similar to the Safe Schools program, which are focusing on LGBTQI people in schools, creating safe and inclusive schools for students and families and staff who are part of um, LGBTQI communities. I think it's the like a... I think they're all really important things to teach kids from a really young age, right? Yeah,
1: and the idea of unlearning toxic masculinity is really interesting, um, but it still is up to cisgendered men to attend those classes, right? Like, it's kind of... uh, I think it's really important to change people's attitudes. And I do think that casual sexism and microaggressions in the workplace play a role in the trickle-down effect of sexual harassment and assault. But... I don't know if the people attending the classes are the people that need it the most. Yeah, it kind of seems this like. is
3: the other thing. I think in the um, adult classes that people are taking in mm. the States, it's kind of like the people who are getting themselves there are mm. still um, nominating to be there, right? So there's still people who like, have taken that first step to acknowledge that maybe they need to unlearn some of these um, kind of really rigid ideas around masculinity And maybe they're not the people who need them the most, which is why I think it's like really important to actually start teaching this from a really young age.
1: Yeah. I think I was having a few conversations at work this week where uh, talking about kind of like Kevin Spacey and stuff. And yeah, there's definitely some conversations where people are like, Oh, kids are too sensitive nowadays. And I would have been able to, and I was like, God, you're definitely not going to a,
3: Yeah. going to, you know, yeah. put yourself
1: up. You, you're thinking in terms of like people need to be more resilient, not totally. We as a culture need to be more
3: address the systemic yeah. kind of problems that are arising out of these situations. Mm. We'll actually hear from um, a representative from Fem Power to talk more about these workshops where uh, high school um, a group of uh, young people are going into high schools and teaching high school students. Um about feminism and about and a kind of aiming to educate young people on feminist issues, ranging from representation in the media to sexual harassment. Um, so I'm really
1: interested to hear about how those conversations differ from our yeah. own kind of experiences of high school. Yeah, totally. That would so be really
3: cool. So better who is coming in to talk more about that in about 15 minutes, so definitely stick around for that. Um, coming up after this track is the latest from this week's feminist news in our segment. Go home. Everything is terrible. <laughs> um, right now, though, this is the new nerd tra- comeback track. Which is a super group featuring Pharrell Williams Chad Hugo and Shay Haley This track features Rihanna rapping It's called Lemon And I think it's uh, Izzy's Maybe new favourite song I think it, is it that might a big be
1: call? I think it's well worth looking at the video clip as well <laughs> it's, Yeah it's an amazing
3: Once again I know this is not a visual medium <laughs> 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 Welcome to radio but look it up <laughs> You're an Agenda on the FBI This
4: will set you free But first it'll piss you off Hey Bad bitches yeah. wanna be my baby Hey
5: from my thumb like the fawns, woo, this beach tastes like lunch, but it's running from veneers and it's running from the fronts, but every day, hey, well lemonade, I was afraid, once a nigga graduate, would I be okay? So I played and I played, it's Rihanna, nigga, my constellation in space, words please, doesn't spark, could chase,
4: nigga, bath salt, bite your speakers <laughs> in the face, bath salt, bite your speakers in the face, bath salt, bite speakers in the face, Biting speakers in the face, baf baf salt. Biting speakers in the face, baf baf salt. Biting speakers in the face, baf baf song. Biting speakers in the face, baf baf salt. Biting speakers in the face. I get it, I live it. I live it how I get it. Count the motherfucker digits. I pull up with a lemon. Knockin', she ain't living. It's just your eyes get acidic, and this ain't a scrimmage. Motherfucker, we ain't finished. I told you we. Won't. to the top Nigga, debate, run, die Wait a minute Tell the rush right to get the lid right Wait a minute Got the window down top what? Don't lie Wait a minute Got the hazard on Only going side Wait. Wait a minute You can catch me Bouncing around Bouncing around Bouncing
1: You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio. It's now time me. for our um, feminist news segment Go Home Everything is Terrible. A protest happened in an unexpected place
3: this week, the Miss Peru Pageant. Miss Peru contestants listed horrific gender violence rates during the Miss Peru Pageant last Sunday, giving statistics on femicide and female violence in their country, rather than providing their body measurements and bra sizes. In the news? In Good the news. news?
1: Bad news. Oh, no, bad this news. is, oh, I think this is bad news as yeah. well. A string of sexual allegations against one of art forums' long-standing publishers, Night Landsman. God, that's a real art man kind of name. <laughs> <laughs> Night Landersman. Um, was made public this week, placing pressure on the magazine to review and improve manage- management of its workplace. So I guess it's good in that sense, in the way that this is all kind of shining light on some of the yeah. creepier parts of our industries.
3: Yeah, in a very quick response to the allegations, over 1,800 women, trans people and GNC gallerists are... Uh artists, writers, editors, curators, and directors um, have signed a letter that was published on The Guardian, which is an indictment against the culture of sexual harassment that allowed the situation at Art Forum to develop. So the letter outlines like the many ways this abusive culture has manifested itself for individuals, in specifically in an arts kind
1: of workplace. In long overdue news in Australia this week, Climbing Uluru is set to be banned after the uluru Katajuda National Park Board decided unanimously to ban the activity starting in 2019.
3: In Arizona, the Navajo Nation rejected plans to build a 420-acre uh, tourist attraction and gondola tram ride on the underdeveloped um, East Rim of the Grand Canyon, which is an area sacred to the Navo- Navajo Nation. So the grassroots opposition to the tram was led by a group of predominantly Navajo women who want economic growth but not there, saying they don't want a Disney-style development at a sacred place.
1: Cool. Good news. More good news. Cher is heading... Are we saying share or share? I say Cher, okay. but... I'm going to say You Cher. do. You. No, 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 I'll say Cher. <laughs> Cher is heading back to the big stream for the first time in seven years after, oh, that really bad Showgirls, I think. Was maybe. it? It was quite bad. It had Christina Aguilera in it. Anyway, she's hey. joined She's joined the <laughs> cast of Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, the all-star sequel to the global musical. So just as like a visual image, that's Cher And Meryl Streep. Yeah. In in Mamma Mia. Musical (laughs) ABBA. Like, I don't know what else you want. Um, Actually, this is what you want. (laughs) Beyonce
3: is confirmed to take a lead role in the remake of Disney's The Lion King. So she'll voice the role of Lioness Nala next to lead character Simba, who will be played by Donald Glover. So Beyonce actually. Donald
1: Glover. Glover!
3: i don't know i don't know famous people's names (laughs) i'm just reading the news (laughs) give me a break um beyonce used facebook to confirm the long
1: rumored involvement in the project yeah you definitely need to check out that um cast because it is absolutely amazing it's really really cool it's got like eric andre and oliver john oliver it's a very strange but like it's like someone was just like i'm just gonna do my dream lineup of like (laughs) the lion king and whoever that was like props to you because it's very good there is some more (laughs) sad news definitely sad for me I don't know where I'm going to get my news from anymore because Teen Vogue's print magazine is shutting down after 14 years on the shelves oh I'm sorry I'm sorry mate (laughs) in also
3: sad news, um, Toronto-based Colombian singer Lido Pimienta has copped a string of online abuse after her performance last weekend at the Halifax Pop Explosion Music Festival in Canada where she did what she usually does at her shows, right? So she called for women of colour to come to the front and white white folks to go to the back. Um, But there was a volunteer photographer there who was unwilling to comply with the request and reportedly turned pretty aggressive after she was escorted from the event.
1: So... um uh, this is really disappointing news. And Lito, um aptly sums it up in this quote. She says, When I ask white women to let women of colour through, I am not saying I hate white women. I am trying to show that white women have an easier time navigating the world than women of colour because their skin colour allows for them to enjoy more advantages and relatively higher level of safety. When we make space for women of colour, we are saying we see you, we love you, we appreciate you and allowing them to have a safe space in which to enjoy the show. Yeah. But they can't, like reiterate this enough that like making safe spaces for marginalized communities does not mean that you hate totally other like you know privileged people um, yeah
3: this is the thing about autonomous spaces right like it's mm -hmm. generally it's usually Always not about the people that are excluded. It's no. about creating a space for people who are oppressed or who don't have access to that space normally. And people need to stop being offended and know that it's not about them and when to shut up and sit down and go to the back. Go back. I think it's just about time for our segment, Thoughts That Count. <laughs> just thought, just thought,
0: just thought, just thought.
2: Thoughts That it's Count. Okay, Agenda okay, on okay, FBI okay, Radio.
1: You are listening to Agenda on FBI Radio, and this is our segment Thoughts at Count, where we want to hear from you about what you think about feminist issues. So it was Halloween last week. I guess this week it was on Tuesday, but this last week. weekend was kind of when everyone donned their most offensive garb. <laughs> when,
3: when Izzy donned her Bj outfit. I just at like, home. put
1: it on, had a little walk around, went to bed. So not so much. <laughs> but we wanted to. Oh, we wanted to know um, whether you think the kind of tide is changing. I know, probably like ten years ago. I think definitely there were more kind of incidents of cultural appropriation, whereas, and I don't know, maybe it's just in my particular circle of friends, I don't know, but people are becoming more kind of cognizant of um, other people's, the kind of cultural importance of some uh, costumes, and that things some things aren't costumes, I guess that's the the real kind of takeaway that I've um, kind of noticed. So I want to know what you think. When we think we can, can we have a uh, conversation about cultural appropriation and what people should consider when deeming a costume, an item of clothing, face paint, or an accessory culturally inappropriate? Let us know um, on the text line 0409 945 945. Yeah, so Naveen, aka
3: Hip Hop Ho, who is a Sydney-based musician and DJ um, and is also a first-generation Egyptian Australian, uh, gave us her thoughts today on what she had to say about cultural appropriation and her own experiences with racism.
2: Hi, my name is Naveen, and I'm a first-generation Egyptian-Australian. Before I can talk about cultural appropriation, I feel like I need to say a few words about my experience of racism. I grew up in an era where Arabs were exotic. The Bangles had a huge hit called Walk Like an Egyptian, and Con the Fruiterer was considered good comedy. My experience of racism was not traumatic and overt, although I've always been othered. To this day, people constantly make well-intentioned, derogatory comments about my hair and feel entitled to touch me without my consent. I feel like the reasonable part of this world knows that blackface is wrong. We now need to realize that wearing any traditional garment or accessory that belongs to a minority or oppressed race is wrong. Emulating things like hairstyles is also not okay. I feel like the only exception to this is if you've been invited to do so by a member of that race. It's my understanding that a Halloween outfit is either meant to be something terrifying or something that's a joke. So cultural appropriation in this context is especially offensive. I honestly find it difficult to start conversations about cultural appropriation. Uh, Sometimes I use social media, but that can be a bit hit and miss because people feel far too entitled to share their toxic opinions online. Calling out racism is tricky and scary. When I have stood up to racists in the past, I've been told that I don't have a sense of humour, that I'm precious, um, and I've also been asked why I'm so angry. People of colour need good allies for anything to change. Allies who listen and ask how they can help. Um, I think everyone has a potential role they can play in ending racism. This is Agenda with Katie Winton and Isabel Hawthorne. The
6: is the cruelest. You soft me up with straw in the high skies of humans. You stuff me up
0: with straw Soon we forget What is wrong? What is right? Will it matter?
3: listening to Agenda on FBI Radio. We're joined now by Sabita, Sabita Vimalaraja, who is an arts law student at the University of Sydney and one of the directors and co-fou- co-founders of Fempower. Thanks so much for joining us.
7: Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. Thank you.
1: So Sabita, can you tell us a little bit about how Fempower got started?
7: Yeah, sure. Um, so Fempower started uh, two years ago in 2015, uh, when I was one of the women's officers at the University of Sydney SRC. And it was initially just a uh, kind of little initiative that we had as part of the women's collective I think that year we would have done two workshops that were sort of optional after school workshops in high schools in Sydney and then when I finished my year as women's officer with a couple of the other people who'd been involved in those workshops we decided to sort of make it a thing and um, we registered it as a not-for-profit and then it's been running like that Uh, on a much bigger scale than it was initially uh, yeah, throughout New South Wales. And we now have one of our organisers in Melbourne running workshops there. So what kind of do the workshops look like? Are they rolled
1: out for particular genders or is it for all genders?
7: Yeah, they're super diverse. So I think um, initially our focus was uh, comprehensive public schools uh, in New South Wales uh, but over time we've broadened our content so we do um, separate gender workshops and then we also do mixed workshops and we have done comprehensive public schools, selective public schools um, and also some all boys private schools as well and the content uh, it comes from sort of the same ideas which is the link between gender stereotypes and gender inequality and also and um, I guess, the way that other stereotypes inform that. So intersectional feminism, but uh, it plays out differently based on the specific school and also sometimes what the school wants us to do. Yeah, I think we were talking about that earlier in the show about gender stereotypes, because
1: as young women, you're kind of told to push against those kind of gender roles. But for young boys, it's like they're told not to kind of assault people, but they're not told that they're allowed to, you know, work in different fields that are like traditionally female dominated or that they're allowed to talk about their feelings and so that I think we've just started talking about how important that is in terms of the conversations even the conversations we have about consent and um yeah things like that
7: yeah definitely and that's sort of what the focus of so ally action is kind of our branding for our um program that focuses on young men and that's exactly what we try and tap into so initially what we do is show the link between uh gender stereotypes and um statistics where men are overrepresented so the fact that you know 80 percent of suicides are men and then From that, we pivot into saying, but the source of that is also why we have gender inequality and rates of gendered violence and sexual harassment. Um, So we hope through that. And, you know, it's a bit cynical, but that young men can see that we all have an interest in breaking down these stereotypes. Yeah.
3: Mm -hmm. And what have the responses been like to your class? Like, what's the kind of... um what happens when you go into those classrooms and do the workshops it is a positive response or are people kind of hesitant to engage with it or what's that been like
7: yeah it's again really diverse I think it um depends a lot on the school so uh whenever we do sort of selective schools in Sydney uh it's the questions we get are like you know I don't know from some, like, fantastic 15-year-old girl at, like, Sydney Girls High School being like, if I want to be a CEO, like, blah, 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 like, what's your career advice? And we're like, ah. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> someone tell uh, me yeah, how to do honor. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and, you know, likewise, uh, I remember we, um, when we did another sort of Venus um, Sydney school uh one of the students was like, well, don't you think it's problematic that you're splitting the workshops based on gender? What about non-binary, like, students yeah. that... And we're like, yeah, totally, 100%. Um, and so there's that on one side, but I think the um other side of that is that you'll never encounter a young person who hasn't heard these arguments before in some way. Yeah, right. Um, but I think that also means that the trolls are that much more effective um just because they're usually people who um even at the age of sort of 15 and 16 have had uh these conversations and have tried to rebut people before um on these ideas and it's particularly difficult for us because uh very often what they'll do is pick out like an individual example and you want to always relate it back to the structural point Mm -hmm. but the structural point is a lot harder to explain than someone being like, but why can't men play netball at the Olympics? Um, So yeah, (laughs) a mixed bag. How do people get involved in uh, Pen Power workshops? Uh, So we pretty much are happy to have anyone who's interested in getting involved. uh, Also because we're a relatively small operation. So there's five of us who are all um, students or who have kind of our other jobs this is like our passion project um so generally people just have to fill out a form on our website uh and just talk about why they want to volunteer with us and then they just do a training um and then just sign up when the next workshop happens and yeah when we send out a call out for it yeah
1: okay can people donate to fem power
7: yeah definitely so they can um donate off our website as well so it's um fempowerworkshops.com and then we have um our facebook page which is Fempowerworkshops workshops as well yeah
3: we'll pop a link up to that as well on our agenda show page sabita thank you so much for coming in to talk to us about fempower today uh you're listening to agenda on Re- fbi radio this track is called mad woman by sev deliza <laughs> That was Sev Deliza with Mad Woman. You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio. And we're joined now by Maddie uh, from Girls Rock Sydney, which is part of a national network of Australian rock camps and a wider global girls rock community. Maddie, thank you so much for coming in this morning.
1: Thanks for having me. Uh, Yeah, so you played a um, a fundraiser, or you put on a fundraiser last weekend for Girls Rock Sydney. Um, How did you find the response was? Are people kind of getting behind it?
8: Yeah, yeah. Um, That's probably been the best part about it so far is just how... Amazing
1: and generous people have been.
8: Well, it's I, such a good
1: idea. Like I yeah. kind of I have a bit of like FOMO for my childhood self. <laughs> I'm like, Whoa, why? Why <laughs> wanted to yeah. do this? Well, like, that's I understand why people. Says. Yeah,
8: yeah. Like most people will say, oh, you know, this is so cool. Like I wish. This had been around when I was younger, which was the exact same response I had when I heard about it as yeah. well. So
3: yeah, we're just trying to teach ourselves. <laughs> it's hard as like <laughs> a 20... off YouTube as a yeah. twenty eight year old.
1: It's like very hard <laughs> to teach yourself bass guitar. <laughs> totally. Hey, we're getting there. <laughs> yeah, we're getting there. Can you tell us a little bit about like girls rock and yeah yeah? Um,
8: so it actually originated in Portland, Oregon. Cool. Um, I think Beth Ditto was one of the founders cool. of it, um, and Carrie Brownstein and stuff. So it's founded on some really cool women, um, and that was in like 2004 or something, and it spread all across the world, like Japan, Finland, everywhere. Um, and last year it came to Australia, it was in Canberra, um, and that was organised by Chiara Gracia. Um, and I actually went to the Girls Rock Canberra camp this year, and it was just the most amazing experience, the most wholesome week ever. Oh. What what is the, what happens at the camp? Um, so basically um, kids aged 10 to 17, I think, um, female, trans, non-binary kids are welcome to come. Um, they all learn an instrument, so they pick an instrument that they want to learn. Um, at the Canberra camp, they could learn um, guitar, bass, vocals, drums, and this year they had electronic Um and they're put into groups or bands so they form oh, bands. This is so cool. Um, so they learn an instrument and then they form their bands and write a song together. Um they also do workshops throughout the week, um like empowerment, um confidence building sort of things and then perform at the end of the week. Um so we're following that same formula for the Sydney camp. Yeah. And when's the Sydney camp happening? Um, the 15th to the 20th of January in 2018. Yeah, and are applications so. still open or is that... Applications yeah. are definitely still Amazing. open, Amazing, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so you're
3: holding a series of fundraisers to fund that yeah. camp. Yeah. Where is
8: the camp? Um, It's going to be at the Factory Theatre in Ragville. Oh, cool. Yeah, which is really exciting. Which is where the fundraiser is on Sunday? Yes, exactly, at the Factory Floor. So they've been really, really great, really generous um, with us. Uh, they recently asked us to DJ at one of their events, October West, which was awesome. Um, Like I said, everyone's just been so generous because I think it's something that people really want to get behind because they see a need for it, Mm. um, which is really awesome. You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio. We're talking
3: to Maddie about Girls Rock. Um, I thought we'd take a track from Party Dozen, who are actually playing on Sunday at the fundraiser. Yes, they are. So this one is called Puss. Puss.
1: An agenda on FBI Radio. We're talking to Maddie Err from Girls Rock Sydney, which it sounds like the most amazing and magical <laughs> band camp um, I've ever heard of. It makes me want to go, like, never being kissed and like masquerade as a teenager <laughs> <laughs> so that I get to go back to... Um, Camp. Um, I was wondering if there is a kind of if you noticed a trend in some of the kids that are coming through, like what kind of music they're interested in and what kind of mm. kind of musicians they're aspiring to aspiring to.
8: Yeah, it's actually really broad. A couple of the older kids actually seem to un- know a bit more what kind of music they're into. Um, you know, a bit more rock and roll style, getting into that phase, you know, where you start going back a bit and mm-hmm. listening to what your parents listen to and stuff. It's a really strange part of teenagerhood where your parents yeah. are like, wait a minute, that's really cool. Your parents <laughs> were
1: cool? What? Yeah.
8: Um, but a lot of the younger kids, their music is really, really broad. Um, the kids that I had in my group were, we went around and asked them what kind of music they're into and they're like, Ariana Grande. Yeah. yeah like it was... No, totally. Yeah, Feel but it. like no, no like worries whatsoever, like mm. we're happy with any kind of music taste and it's really nice to watch them sort of um, learn different things throughout the week and maybe their taste change a little bit and broadens a bit more and it's really nice to see.
1: Particularly because it like, sounds like there's different ages, that would be so yeah. important to have like that kind of generational, intergenerational mm. conversations because I feel like yeah. the most like important music conversations you have as a young person is like your older cousin or something and you you being like, oh cool Yeah, (laughs) and that's
8: why it's so much fun for the mentors throughout the week as Mm. well because you make all these connections with each other and with the kids and it's so nice Mm.
7: yeah Cool.
8: <laughs> so you've got another fundraiser coming up this weekend? Yes. So it's actually tomorrow at the factory floor. Um, we've got Me Women, K nine, Passing and Party Dozen playing. So it's going to be a so really good. awesome day. Yeah. Is there a, um, a ticket cost to get in? Yes. So you can get pre-sale tickets for $10, but it's going to be $12 on the door. Amazing, yeah. it sounds, sounds so cool! Really, really yeah. good. I'm very excited. Um, and we've also, if it's okay for me to say, we've got a raffle on as well tomorrow cool. with some really awesome prizes from Blackwire Records and The Guitar Butcher and Baby in Charge and Thighmaster. Master. Cool. <laughs> Amazing. Love a good raffle. Yeah.
3: <laughs> um, you've been listening to Agenda on FBI Radio. Uh, we've been talking to Maddie Er about Girls Rock Sydney. If you want to get along to the fundraiser tomorrow, it's at the factory floor um, in Marrickville. Would yes. we call it Marrickville? Yeah. And what time does that kick off? 4 p.m. 4 p.m. Cool. Uh, we're going to leave you with this track by Lido Pimienta. It's called Agua.